Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. We're doing that Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn talk. Nets talk right here on Talking Nets. Brooklyn, we go hard. We go, go hard. Talking Nets. Talked by Keith McPherson, Robin Lundberg, and Hudson Flynn. I'm watching on YouTube. Let me turn that down. <laughs> Yes, sir. Welcome back to Talking Nets, episode 182. And, uh, man, it's been real fun to watch the Nets lately. They don't lose. And not only do they not lose, they have highlight after highlight. They find ways to win. When you think it's getting close, they close games out. The fans are showing up. There was a ton of people at Barclays last night for that game. Like, it's good vibes, good energy. Happy New Year. Um, let me introduce you guys. Happy New Year's, fellas. Robin, how you doing? Hudson, how you doing? Doing well, doing well. Uh, Want to send, you know, good thoughts out to um, DeMar Hamlin after what happened last night. Obviously, that um, took away from a lot of what's going on. But when it comes to basketball and, and Nets world, uh, it's a good space right now. And, and it has been for a minute. Like, you're talking – Talking Nets, I mean, what are we, going back to mid-November now, probably? I mean, if, if they've lost, like, one game um, and and look like maybe the best team in the league. January 12th, that's the that's the date that I got circled because that's the Celtics game. And and I think that's the, the next measuring stick thing for this team and and the official, like, all right, put the, the pedal to the metal if they win that game. Yeah, it's good. I was talking to a Celtics fan yesterday, uh, and it, it's funny because they have once again started to pay attention to the Nets. I feel like on, for a little while there, unless the Nets were in the news for something super negative, obviously all the stuff with Kyrie at the beginning of the season, Kevin Durant trade request, nobody was talking about the Nets until that, and then they started playing well. And here goes the media again, not covering the Nets, but you got to pay attention now. You got to pay attention to, I mean, not only – the hottest team in the NBA, but the team that's putting up the best numbers, the best team statistically in the NBA since the hiring of Jacques Vaughn. You cannot forget that. And it's it's just it's a fun time to be a Nets fan. And more broadly, it should be a fun time to be a neutral basketball fan because there's just a lot going on in the NBA right now. I know this isn't a broader NBA podcast, but Donovan Mitchell, uh, unreal, putting up 71 points. It's insane. Kyrie's doing 
putback dunks at the age of 30. I didn't know he was going to really unlock that in his game. It's just a fun time to be a basketball fan. What LeBron's doing right now, by the way. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah, on LeBron's Unreal. birthday. <laughs> 38, Incredible. 38 years old carrying a team with no other bona fide player. You know, I, I think I saw the the oldest the player older than LeBron who's gotten into a game this year is Udonis Haslam, who's like a you know a glorified He's a mascot. coach mascot. Yeah, that's that's nuts. And then what's going on with the Nets? Like Katie, Katie's shooting something like 60 over 60% on twos. This year, and he only takes 12% of his shots at the rim. I pointed this out before, but KD's actually shooting better from the floor than Giannis, which is nuts when you think about where the bulk of their opportunities. Running dunk, man. Running dunk, man. Well, let's not quote James Harden, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a good time to be a Nets fan. It's a good time to be an NBA fan, like you guys were saying. Uh, Clay Thompson said he was going to get back. He said he was going to get right. What do you have, 46 last night or something like that? Like. The NBA is uh, – or 54 last night in, in, in 46 minutes. Uh, the NBA is – I love it. Like, I feel like every night there's stories. Um, you know, the NBA is, is in a great place. Luka is going crazy. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. But something you mentioned was when did this shift happen? And, um, Alex, throw up the KD tweet and then the graphic – from November 1st, where I think KD low-key called it. He said, you know, the energy was about to shift. So they were in 13th place on November 1st at 2-6. and six. Then by the end of this year, 23-12. and 12, And they've added wins to that now. Like, I, I guess KD felt it. Or he could have been tweeting about something completely different. <laughs> but either way... Um, he put out there into the universe, the energy is about to shift. And he's a smart guy. And I look at him as like, he's one of the best players in the league. And he's a smart basketball mind. He knows what's going on in the league. He follows the league. He watches the league. And he knows what he has on his own roster. So the Nets are now 25 and 12, second place in the East. They put the league on notice with this 12-game heater. There's nothing you can say about the Nets, right? Yeah, the energy is about to shift. If you look closely, he said that on November 11th or November ain't that, 1st. Ain't that the same thing Jalen Brown said last year? Remember when people were talking about whether they should break up Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown because the Celtics had struggled to start the year? I'm pretty sure uh, Brown had tweeted something to the effect of the energy is about to shift, and look what happened to them. So <laughs> Yeah, it's like they cracked the code, and uh, – once they crack the code, they know before we get to see it. And I can't do anything right now without giving the credit to the head coach. When you talk about the energy shifting and a change from early on this season, we all knew Steve Nash wasn't an NBA head coach. We all knew that they wasted our time with Steve Nash as the splash hire, right? Respect his game, respect him as an NBA player. But we were excited about the hire, but we didn't know if he'd be a better coach than Kenny or even Jacques Vaughn, who was the interim. And now you got to put Jacques Vaughn in coach of the year conversations. I think people got to realize there's not that many coaches of the year that you could put up there. And also at 37 games out of 82, we're getting very close to the halfway mark. And the Nets schedule We'll, we'll see. I won't get ahead of myself. But, Alex, throw up that graphic from um, Brooklyn Netcast. I think Brooklyn Netcast had 
The Brooklyn Nets are 20, 23 and 6 under Jacques Vaughn. By far the best win percentage from an NBA coach this year. So since they got Steve Nash out of here, which every Nets fan knew they had to do, they should have done that after they were swept, whatever. They couldn't do it because KD called for it in the summer. They didn't want to look like they were bowing down to KD. Fast forward to a, a rough start. And then even the Kyrie link being posted and Nash having to answer that. I think Nash wanted out. And I think that was the perfect time to get him up out of here. They did not pivot to Ime Udoka. They pivoted to Jacques Vaughn. Man, I love the little clips that the Nets put out of Jacques Vaughn talking to the team after the game. It's just a different vibe. It's just a different level of respect. Remember last year when when Steve Nash was talking about like, oh, they're, they're not listening to me. Um, or maybe even early in this year. Like, you know, my voice isn't impactful. These guys aren't listening to me. Well, they're listening to Jacques Vaughn because he is a basketball mind. He is somebody that they respect. He He's won a championship. You saw that with the Spurs coverage last night. He's played for the Nets. He's been in this organization. And you can't give all the credit to KD, Kyrie, Ben Simmons, Royce O'Neal, and these guys without starting with the captain of the ship. Jacques Vaughn is the reason that the Nets have been playing this well. They they know their roles. They know what they're supposed to do. Man, I just love that this dude knows when to call timeout. He's in the game. He's actively a participant as a head coach, and that is the reason for this success. Put Coach of the Year next to Jacques Vaughn's name as you talk about the coach of the Brooklyn Nets. Now, we haven't been on because of the holiday. Hopefully you guys had a good New Year, Christmas, and all of that. Now that that's over, 23, we're in here. The Nets beat the Hawks on uh, Wednesday, last Wednesday, 108-107. The Nets beat the Hornets on Saturday, New Year's Eve, 123-106. And then last night, the Nets beat the Spurs, 139-103. Defense. They're holding teams to 100 points. These teams are getting a couple buckets at the end of the game to break 100. And they're having their way offensively everybody's getting involved it isn't just KD and before I pass the rock to you guys I want to remind you guys that KD said yo what are you doing around me I know I'm KD I know what I bring to the table but what's the roster around me last episode we talked about the we talked about the Nets gambling we talked about the Nets starting to hit on these gambles now I got to give credit to Sean Marks before I pass the rock again in Marks We Trust, that's something we were saying on Talking Nets years ago. He lost my trust this summer. <laughs> At points in this summer, I'm like, Sean Marks, what the hell are you doing? This is going to shit. How could you let this happen? I trusted you. He's back in my circle of trust now. They figured it out internally. This roster looks good. This team looks good. And the future looks good. There's not too many teams I fear in the East or the West. And I'm so excited for what's to come in this year 23. I'm praying that they stay healthy. If you've listened to me here or WFAN, I'm praying for health, yo. I'm praying that they stay healthy. Having a healthy team in Brooklyn is key. It's like every year somebody goes down. So I pray for health and I pray for no distractions. And so far, so good. I mean, you mentioned Jacques Vaughn. I, I think the, the team has taken on his personality, right? The vibes. After that Kyrie putback dunk, you know, you see Yuta celebrating. And, and just the, the whole 
atmosphere, the crowd, everything about it. So not only does Jacques Vaughn strategically do things like the timeouts, like the lineups, I, I keep harping on it, but I think it's it's very important to, to note he doesn't play any of the small guards together. I mean, last night he did a little bit because um, there, uh, Royce O'Neal wasn't available. But for, for the most part, you're not seeing Kyrie play with any other small guards. And then just his attitude, everything like that. But going backwards for a second before we go forward, it, you know, what's the saying? It's always darkest before the dawn. And it, it's amazing to me how tenuous this all has been. Like, it felt like we were one thing away, one move, and we talked about it, from the, the big red button being pushed, right? And thank goodness that the Nets didn't trade Kevin Durant. And looking at it now, you, you got to kind of say the same thing for Kyrie. And this is a lesson for me personally, because, it, it, you know, in my uh, at SI and, and in the mainstream media, if you will, one of the things I'm, I think I'm pretty good at is not letting emotion um, cloud my judgment. But with this team, I'm rooting for that, right? Like, it's harder when you're rooting for the team to not I'm let completely the... biased. I'm in the media, <laughs> but I let them know straight up. I'm a Nets fan, New Jersey Nets. I'm biased. I'm not, you're, you're but, not going to get me to say anything else. Yeah, but I'm saying even internally, like not letting the emotion warp your, your opinion. Because when KD says, I want out, what's the natural reaction? Like, oh, you don't want us anymore. Fine. G you know, get out of here. Start over. When Kyrie does the, the, the thing he's done for whatever, however many times it is, you say like, I can't deal with this anymore. This guy's got to go. But they were smart enough, one, to play hardball with KD. And, yeah, they didn't fire Nash, but it doesn't matter. They, they fired him soon enough, you know, better late than never. Uh, and they also, you know, were smart enough not to just cut ties with Kyrie for nothing. Uh, who knows? You know, I, I, fingers crossed, nothing else happens. But as of right now, you know, KD and Kyrie look like the duo that signed up for the, the big clean sweep. And then on top of that, the rest of the roster's better. I mean, Ben Simmons is coming into his own. I think he's got to prove himself in the playoffs when he gets fouled. Nick Claxton, one of the best centers in the league at this point. And then, as you mentioned, Keith, the, the moves that Sean Marks made, uh, getting Royce O'Neal in, um, getting Edmund Sumner in, getting Utah in, guys that are just contributing all across the, the, the roster. TJ Warren. Um... I don't know. There's a ton of gambles that have paid off, and I'll pass it to Hudson, but I'll say this. Not trading KD is a gamble. Not cutting ties with Kyrie is also a gamble. They're starting to hit on the choices they made, and that's why it's all coming together. I love it. And as a fan, yes, as a fan, your emotions get evolved. When KD requested that trade, I was sitting in my living room, and I was watching NBA Today, and it was the free agency special, and I, I sunk into my couch like, nah, no way. Is this how it ends? But I know that KD is a hooper. I know that KD wants to win. So I started to shift my thinking to, to be against Sean Marks and be against Joe Psy. And now, fast forward to where we are, they did what I wanted, to, wanted them to do this summer. Be men about it. Get into a room. Have conversations, right? Don't let there be this back-channeling, this internet stuff. Settle your differences in person, man to man, so we can get to the best place for the organization. The fans don't deserve this. Mr. Whammy don't deserve this. The Brooklyn Brigade don't deserve this. I could go on. Ali Love don't deserve this. We need more Ali Love. But you don't understand what I'm saying. There's a lot of people that love the Nets. This Nets world has been built. And we thought this summer it was going to come all crashing down. 
Knicks fans literally celebrated our demise. They celebrated our death like it was over. And fast forward to where we are, this is what they don't want. This is what the national media didn't want. This is what the local media didn't want. The Nets have won 12 games in a row, and this team has figured it out. We can only hope for the best moving uh, moving forward. Go ahead, Hudson. Yeah, I, what I think is exciting about this Nets team is that they are playing, quite simply, like a very good basketball team. And, and what I mean by that is that we've saw that we've seen them play in the past, particularly when they had you know the big three with James Harden on the team, where it was it looked like a collection of superstars. It, it looked like an all-star team. There wasn't necessarily a lot of gelling between our great players, but there didn't need to be because it was just pure talent. But what we have now is a team, and again, all credit to Jacques Vaughn, where everyone is excelling within their roles. And that is from the superstars, Katie and Kyrie, down to TJ Warren, who's been a phenomenal third scorer, all the way down to the bottom of the roster, all the way down to the players that we have switching up and down between the G League. I mean, David Duke has been up and down. Dayron has been hurt and up and down. And that kind of a, a an existence for the Nets where you can rely on players up and down the roster, not only to do their jobs and to be role players or stars or what have you, but to do their jobs really, really well and have complete and com full commitment and full buy-in. And that is what I think is the most exciting. And that is, you know, something that we do have to credit. And, and there's one name that is probably the most surprising of the people that have been able to do this on this list is Kyrie Irving. There was a lot of talk where, and, and I know Robin and I both, there we both had times where we, we said things like, you know, I don't know if this team is better with Kyrie Irving. And I know my, the point that I always came back to was, obviously this team is better with Kyrie Irving so long as Kyrie Irving buys into the system. And so long as Kyrie Irving buys into what it means to be a member of this team and not to be an individual and to be part of the collective. And he absolutely has. And he's done that within the way he plays basketball and he plays it beautifully. And so that's what I think is so exciting about this Nets team is because it looks like they're built for longevity. Maybe not 10-year longevity. This isn't the core of what I would consider to be an, an unending world's longest NBA dynasty. But I can look now into the postseason, into later rounds of the postseason, and feel confident in saying that this team is not a team that anyone would want to go up against. And only the good teams, only the best teams in the NBA are going to be able to have any sort of confidence playing the Nets because Quite simply, the Nets are just a phenomenally built, phenomenal basketball team that is playing well within their roles and just excelling. And the whole league has been put on notice and they deserve the respect that they were not given for most of this time that they've been on this winning streak. You know what I've noticed? The goalposts moving, uh, you know, not only people not talking about them like they were like when it was burning and all that. And it's ah, the, the Nets are the worst. But uh, I, I have a, a friend who it just hates on the Nets, right? Like actually all my friends in this text group hate on the Nets. And his first thing was like, oh, you haven't beaten anybody. Well, then they beat the Bucs and they beat the Cavs. And I'm like, D do those wins count? Oh no, you got to prove it in the playoffs. All right, fine. We all get that the Nets have to prove it in the playoffs, right? I think everybody's in agreement with that. Like until this team as is currently constructed and constituted makes an extended playoff run, they have to show it. However, they do have two superstars who are champions. It's not like, KD and Kyrie have not done anything when, when it comes to the, the, the NBA finals, but it, it, it's just amusing to me that it was considered the worst failure in the history of sports. I mean, that's what people were saying. And, and that was a, a message I received last night. You know, the, the KD Kyrie duo was the, the worst failed experiment in the history of sports. And I just wrote back experiment, not over. 
because the experiment is still going right run now. Run it back. Run, One run more it. year. And, run it back. All in for this year. And they're looking like the team that we thought they – the hypothetical team. They were always the best hypothetical team, if this, if that. And he said, well, you said the same thing last year. And I said, no. What I said last year is if things can get right, that's not a team that you want to face in the first round, stuff like that. But they weren't good. They were a playing team last year. This is a bona fide good basketball team. That's not uh, an outrageous statement. It's a very rational statement. And saying otherwise is the outrageous and irrational statement. So I'm not counting any chickens before they hatch. I'm not starting any parades until they happen. But you you can't say anything other than this is a championship contending team now that has as good a chance to win it all as any other team in the league. Yeah, and I don't think any of us are getting ahead of ourselves as Nets fans. Nets fans have gone through it. Like just last year, we had 11-game losing streak. So to come back this year and beat that with a 12-game winning streak – it feels good. It's fun to sit down and watch a game every night, right? It's fun to see Utah. It's fun to see Joe Harris come back last night hitting shots. It's like, hey, the rich are getting richer. And, uh, you know, I'm going to give the chat some love. You know, I know you guys that have followed us and that have watched the Nets, you understand, right? It's like Nets, the, the Nets versus everybody. Everybody wanted to see the Nets fail, and we understand they haven't won anything yet. But this is what it was supposed to look like the last four seasons. We had some trades. We had some injuries. We had a vaccine. We had an actual pandemic and all that other stuff. And now here we are in 22, 23, year 10. It just seems like it's going right. So uh, giving the chat some love. Shout out to Jay from BK. Let me correct myself. Earlier, uh, a couple minutes ago, I said, in the summer, I just wanted them to get in the room and be men about it. Um that's that's not right to say. <laughs> Jay from BK said it was Clara Wu Sai who spearheaded the whole meeting. And I'm not surprised if if that is uh, now that I'm thinking about it. I do remember hearing that. And I'm not surprised if that's exactly what happened, because men always need women to lead. Men always need to go to women for advice, because what do men do? We go to war. We blow it up. You, you know, we fight. We, we do the negative thing instead of settling our differences and figuring out what's best for business. And, um, you know, shout out to Will. Uh, Mr. Burn no Notice doesn't even go by Mr. Burn Notice anymore. John, uh, Sade, I just saw you um, called the voicemail. We're going to have to give you guys like a whole 10 minutes because the voicemails are rolling in. What's up, Brandon, Jared? Rehala in here. Rehala is an OG. Um, we appreciate you guys because, you know, Talking Nets has gone through it in this four years since 2019 with this team and just trying to put out podcasts and build this brand. And the reason that we're still here doing this is because we want to see this team get to a finals. And I remember coming together with Hudson and with Robin saying, yo, I could scrap this project. I could give up this podcast, but what if this is the year it comes together? What if this is actually the year that they start to figure it out now in the beginning of the season, it didn't look like that, but it's a long season and we've got longer to go. I think this team can get better. I don't know if there's going to be a trade. Something I had in my notes was a conversation about um, uh, Jakob Podol. I saw some Jakob Podol trade rumors. I'm not really that interested. Like, who are we giving up for Jakob Podol? Um, and I saw a lot of Nets fans talking about it. And then we played against the Spurs last night and, you know, 
not to mention the Knicks again, but if you, I did watch the Spurs beat the Knicks, and the Knicks are shorthanded, but it's like right now, yo, <laughs> in this city, the Knicks are on an eight-game win streak. They erased it losing five in a row. The Nets are still winning, and this streak can continue, and I think it will, but there's going to be some tests along the way. Whatever. It's fun. We want to see high-level basketball. I need to get back to the arena, and I will. What else from my notes that I want to add in here? So, yeah, Joe Harris came back after missing four games with knee soreness. That's another shooter. Hopefully, you know, Joe. the team looked better without Joe, but hopefully Joe continues to find his way. Uh, KD got a haircut for the new year. That's big news. That's big news. He got a clean, fresh cut for the 2023, right? Goat year. Jordan year. We're trying to get to the finals. KD got a clean, you know, Caesar. There was points in time over these last couple of weeks where I'm like, come on, Kevin. I understand you're KD, but you got to clean it up. <laughs> you can't be young peas out there. He cleaned it up. And then last night, you know who shook the place, who rocked the Barclays Center? I swear, I was watching the game. I saw Utah miss that shot, and I looked away. I looked away because I was cleaning the dishes. I was in the kitchen. I looked away. And then when I looked back, I just see Nick Claxton running, Dayron Sharp, whole arena going wild. Kyrie should not be able to do what he did. <laughs> coming on. They he's got a drug, a drug test coming soon. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Man, he's got that bounce. Um, he felt it. And he was, he, he was talking his shit. He's like, this is my shit. Put back dunk like that. Like, the energy is good. That might be highlight of the year. And two things I want to say before I pass the rock to you guys. They use that when uh, Mbappe and uh, Hakimi, what's his name? Ashcraft. Ashcraft Hakimi. These guys are courtside. The stars are out to come see the Brooklyn Nets, right? This guy just played in the World Cup and had a ridiculous performance. He's coming to see KD and Kyrie. This Nets world has been built. Okay, a couple more things from my notes from yesterday. We, we just, uh, you know, Hudson just mentioned them drug testing Kyrie. Well, Donovan Mitchell dropped 71 last night. He's about to get that drug test. In the postgame, Kyrie said he knew that Donovan Mitchell was locked in because they were playing quads on Call of Duty earlier. And then there was a tweet put out there by Donovan Mitchell. Uncle Drew told him to take a nap. I guess Royce O'Neal was also on the game with him. Uncle Drew was like, hey, we got to get the nap in before the game. He listened. He went and broke Kyrie's record in Cleveland. Man, I mean, the universe is, you know, on tilt right now. I feel like there's a lot of good things happening in the NBA. In the Nets world, it's fun to be a Nets fan. Uh, the Nets are getting respect now in uh, every different way you could, could get it. Like, there are people apologizing. There are people putting respect on their name, and it's awesome. The last thing I wanted to add from Kyrie, you know, pull up the uh, – Nets depicted by SpongeBob pick. <laughs> when something crazy happens, Cam Thomas, he, he's just one of those guys. I know you guys all probably have a friend that's just low energy, like emotionless. They don't get geeked up for much. Show the picture of Cam's face. Cam has the same blank face no matter what happens. Utah can hit back-to-back -back threes. Kyrie can put back dunk. KD could shake somebody, drop him. The boy Cam Thomas is not impressed.
Cam Thomas, <laughs> I don't think it's because he's a bad teammate. I don't think it's because he's mad about, like, not playing or playing time. Like I said, I think, you know, we all have friends that are just, like, they don't get geeked up. They don't have the energy like that. But, like, you know, Cam Thomas is on the end of the bench. And he was a, a big contributor. <laughs> yeah. That's, I forgot he was on the team, to be honest. I just <laughs> that's, that's young Cam. That's young Cam all game. And what I'll say about young Cam is that he's young. He's got a long career ahead of him. And uh, he's going to learn a ton this year watching these guys. He's not ready to be on the floor that much. But in these games that the Nets are winning, he gets in at the end. But <laughs> he's not excited. And that's fine. He's not an excitable guy. Not everybody is geeked up watching basketball like that but yeah other than that before we get to these voicemails i'll let you guys uh add whatever you want to add and then we'll we'll hit the uh extend Kyrie conversation and then we'll go to the voicemail let me see if anybody brought that up in the voicemail go for it you know you ever play jenga and you're you're trying to pull the thing out and it's just so close to falling and you're not sure if it's going to fall that's what all this reminds me of you you we you got the block and you're pulling it out and you're just not sure if it's going to fall cuz it almost all fell apart it almost all fell apart but the fact that the jenga block was removed successfully all of a sudden you know i i think that the nets are maybe the most fun team to watch in the league clearly now a marquee franchise in the nba you know, a marquee, world-recognized, brand-recognized, gear-recognized yeah. franchise. And they're now the marquee team in the city. I, I don't care what anybody says. You know, no disrespect to some of the guys on the Knicks. Had a decent season. Julius Randle's having a good year. Jalen Brunson's having a good year. But nobody wants to watch Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle over Quentin Katie Grimes and, or... and Kyrie. Yeah. And, and think about it. Even the celebrity status. Like, even uh, it's Jerry Seinfeld. At Barclays. It's Hove at Barclays. It's Mbappe at Barclays. And Mbappe is a superstar. If you don't realize yeah. like what I learned over the World Cup, the views on the stuff we did on Mbappe was like, all right, we got to treat this guy like he's LeBron. Like this. So the, the Nets are legitimately a, a marquee franchise in all the sports. I mean, Killing Mbappe is he's he's better known than LeBron. That, like in the United Worldwide. States, I mean it, it, it it's different, but that's the best, not the greatest, but the best soccer player in the world. Like that's genuinely, if you're the the Nets like celebrity relations team, I don't know if that exists, but I'm sure it does. That's a big get for them. That's a big get for them. Like that that really does make it clear because that has been one of the things that Josiah talked about. I know Keith and I we we've talked about this for as long as we've been doing this podcast. The Nets are really trying to establish themselves as a global brand. They are really trying to set themselves up as a brand that is not only, you know, rep represented around the world, but is loved around the world by people who don't even follow basketball. And that's what this is doing. This is a a, a level of transformation. And it would it would it, I think it kind of has to be capped off with a championship. But it's a level of transformation that you've seen for teams like the Lakers or the Bulls to become globalized brands. And I think the Nets, if they win a championship, they have a chance to kind of enter that pantheon of like global recognition, which, you know, whether or not the, the Nets are as good as those great teams were, it, it's absolutely massive for the brand that is the Brooklyn Nets. Nets worldwide, wide, 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 wide. When I was in London, I went to Nike Town in London. There was no Knicks gear. They had every kind of Brooklyn Nets city edition. There was some Lakers stuff and some Warriors stuff. And I think Celtics, but like 
my my wife pointed out. I forget we were we were flying to Amsterdam, and this girl had this nice Brooklyn Nets jacket. And my wife's like, Keith, you see? I'm like, of course I see. Like, we just weren't expecting to see a Brooklyn Nets logo all the way on the other side of the world. It is a global brand. And they do have a team. They're always bringing influencers in. Um, I've been in some suites. And, uh, I mean, they had Drewski at the game not long ago. And I know some of y'all might not know Drewski, but he's just as big as Mbappe. No, he's not. <laughs> I'm he's playing, funnier I'm than Mbappe. I'll give him funnier. <laughs> Drewski's the man. He was at the game. All right, let me uh, let me try and pull up these voicemails real quick. I had them. Okay, here's one. Uh, one's longer than the other. We'll play the longer one first. And Sade, I just saw you in the chat. I got your voicemail as well. Let's hit these. Uh, Hello, Network. It's Robert from Staten Island. All right, so I think. This team is rolling. This team is rolling. I've never seen this team play like this. Not even in the Harden days. Not even in the big three days. We're rolling. Jack Brown deserves coach of the year. Jack Brown completely turned this thing around. Um, I don't even know if we need a big, maybe another shooting guard like Kuzma or something, but I don't even know if we need a big. Who knows? Just like Robin said, I think if they keep it the way it is, I'm fine with that as well. But who knows? We'll see what happens. Thanks, Keith. Thanks, Robin. Have a great, have a great day. Well, I, I think he, yeah, I, I thought he said Rodman at first, but Robin, uh, you, yeah, oh, no, the uh, you, Robin. <laughs> yeah, he's talking about me. The, I think the Nets roster is good enough. I think a trade is almost insurance now because you never know what's going to happen. So, you know, you'd have had the hamstring issue. What happens if he goes down? You know, I don't want to put any of that energy in the air. You, you get the point. You know, uh, what happens if Katie misses any time or, or Kyrie misses any time again for his own unique forms of load management? Uh, you know, like any of that stuff. So I think uh, Claxton's probably the only guy who does what he does on the team. So any trade, I think, is insurance more than necessity. Next voicemail. All right, Sade, you're up. What's up, Keith? What's up, Robin? What's up, Hudson? It's Sade. I just want to get y'all take on Cam Thomas. How do y'all feel about him? Because I'm tired of getting seen him on the sidelines all frowned up. <laughs> and they need to trade him or do something with him because being that he's not playing right now, it's just like, he, just like he's always mad all the time. Let me know how y'all feel about him. <laughs> I'll take that first because I brought it up. So. You know, a couple weeks back, I was seeing him on the side and the team is going crazy. And like, that's that's the Nets thing. You guys remember when they first had the City Edition and they had the Coogee jerseys, they were over there doing the 6-9 dance. They were geeking up. And like, that was the thing that everybody knew about the, the Nets. They're like bench mob. So when I was seeing this young man not get into it, my, my original thought was, oh, he doesn't care. He's mad he's not playing. He wants his minutes. He also put out there free cam. Remember that on Twitter? I'm like, but now I think he just understands he's in his second year. This team is different. This is the best roster that we've had around Katie and Kyrie. Better than last year's roster. And I just, you know, I've been watching him more. I just think he is a mild-mannered guy. I don't think he gets excited for much. I mean, if he hits a, a dagger in Madison Square Garden 
and all eyes are on him, of course he's going to be excited. But I don't think it's a reason to trade him. And I'll also say this. God forbid somebody does go down or injuries do happen and multiple guys go down. You might be happy you got a scorer that can come into the game like Cam, but he's still got maturing to do. He's still got learning to do. I just think that he's not ready to get, you know, contribute consistently. And that's okay. What's he like, 22 years old? Not even. Cam is like 21. But when he got his opportunity, he didn't play well enough either. I mean, that's, that's, right. you know, he's only played, he's only played well when he's the guy. And he's not good enough to be the guy consistently. I mean, it, he, he feels like somebody that needs to be on the Orlando Magic or the Detroit Pistons or, you know, a team, a team like that. But we're not going to do that. Um, we're, we're not going to, you know, we'll, we'll see. I feel like they drafted Cam. They know he's a bucket. He's got talent. They got to refine him. They got to keep working on that young man. And they're not going to send him anywhere yet because the future is uncertain in Brooklyn. And that brings me to the Kyrie conversation. You know, when you see Kyrie start the game like he started the game last night and you see the way he's been playing over this stretch, there's no doubt in my mind that he's top 75. I think he's top 15 NBA player right now in this league. And he's on like a revenge tour. Uh, he's locked in. And I, I just hope that he, he keeps it to basketball. We're, we're getting the version of Kyrie that we wanted. No distractions. Just hoop and uh, playing at a high level. And if he keeps playing at this level, I just don't see how the Nets can actually say, yeah, we're good. Contract's up. Good luck to you. I don't think there's that many teams uh, that wouldn't take a look. I, saw, I had someone arguing with me on Twitter like, nobody wants him. I'm like, I think that's the opposite, bro. I think everybody knows Kyrie and what he is and what he does and all that stuff. And, they're, you know, we're able to uh, – you know, see how great he is again, and we're reminded why, you know, he doesn't get cut, why he doesn't get dropped. I'm looking at the Nets like, yo, if they do what they're supposed to do this year, whether they make it to the finals and come up short, you got to bring him back to try and go for it again next year, right? And then he he might be tied to KD, like KD not wanting to get out of here. It's just a it's a crazy plot twist. Um with how everything is gone and how well he's playing and how much he's putting on and how fun he is to watch. I'm just like, Hey, <laughs> you have two superstars in this league. You need two superstars in this league. I had a show on WFAN where I was talking about the Knicks. They can't, they can't survive not having Jalen Brunson. They can't survive not having, having Jalen Brunson and RJ. They're the mid three. Like, they're not going to beat Luka. Luka can come back and beat you by his damn self because you don't have star power. The Nets have star power. They have role players, and they finally have a coach. We'll see what, what happens at the end of this year, but I feel like a Kyrie extension has to be something that fans are pushing. I know they're already chanting it in arenas. It's being talked about on Twitter. And, and I'm saying, yo, I, I get it that Kyrie has been a headache. I get the whole fool me once, fool me twice. But at the end of the day, the business is basketball. And they've been able to deal with a lot of other stuff. He's one of the best basketball players in the world. I don't understand how you could just be like, yeah, we're done. Wash my hands of you. Contract's up. You got to consider it. I think there's going to be a lot of conversation over the next couple of months. We'll see. I mean, as a talent, you've always wanted to bring Kyrie back. Like you said, box office, maybe the most fun player to watch in the entire league. Maybe the most skilled player of all time. A proven clutch player. The guy who creates space for himself maybe better than anyone I've ever seen. So all those things. And, and I'm not saying 
Kyrie shouldn't have his own personality, his own beliefs, or or should not talk or whatever. But when things are like this, and the focus is only on basketball, you see the brilliance uh, of Kyrie. And the, the problem with le- letting him go is it would be for nothing, right? right? I mean, if you're not trading him now, which clearly they're not doing, and 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 I, I don't think anyone wanted him at that time when Nike dropped him at that you know time when he was kind of toxic at that moment. Um, but they're not trading him now, given the way things are going. So if you're not trading him and you get to the offseason, well, then he, he's going somewhere for nothing. I think in an ideal world, you you it's a prove it year. The rest of the year, you got to play out the year. We'll reward you in the offseason. I don't know if there's any pressure to get it done before then for goodwill, but that's how I would hope for it. And I guess I'd take the risk that somebody else would try to sign him because I do believe that when it comes down to it, Kyrie would wants to be here, uh, given where he's from, given the KD connection, given the fact that the Nets can pay him the most. So uh, that that's you know that's what it is. I just hope, and I think we all hope, and I've hoped before. I said it before the season. I said before the season, if there was ever going to be a year for an incident-free Kyrie year in a contract year, this is it. And then we had the big incident. So I don't want to have the wool pulled over my eyes uh, again. But at the same time, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful because who doesn't want this version of Kyrie on their team? He's been good for that stretch, you know, but I think I, I think you're right. I think he has to prove it over the course of the whole season. And it's not just proving it on the basketball court because that's kind of a proven commodity at this point. It's a commitment that he's got to prove. And I'm not saying that he hasn't over the last two or so months, but it, it's got to be something that continues to happen because, you know, I understand Keith saying you don't want to buy into the fool me once, fool me twice, fool me three times. But at a certain point, if you're Joe Sy and you're Sean Marks and you're investing hundreds of millions of dollars of cap space into one single asset that has shown at times in the past that it's kind of up to him whether or not he shows up on any given day, it's a tough situation. And I feel like they really have to feel confident, even though as much of a, as a fan, I would love for him to play for the Nets for the rest of his career, especially if he keeps playing like this. Okay, we got to wrap this pot up. Robin has to go to his son's basketball practice. It's important. It's the first one. Starts in 14 minutes. So Daughter's first and then Oh, sons. it's your daughter. It's your daughter and son. Son, back, back to back. I got yeah. the daughter's practice first and We're then done. the son's practice. We're done. Uh, <laughs> thanks for calling the voicemail. 929-500-103 is the number. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, everything like that. Hit like on your way out of YouTube. Subscribe to the pod. The Nets play the Bulls tomorrow. The Pelicans Friday, the Heat Sunday, the Celtics next Thursday. We'll be back with a pod before those four games. And uh, this is going to be the next little test and challenge. Let's see if the streak can keep going. Let's go Nets. Let's go Nets. Brooklyn.